Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter 8. Reload. Moving through the crowds of New Plymouth without being recognized wasn't easy. But having grown up on Mars held certain advantages for Meade, and an innate sense of direction through the winding streets and alleyways of the colony was one of them. This made it a fairly simple proposition for him to slip through the coalition checkpoints set up in response to his terrifying rampage through the market. He approached Emmeline's bar cautiously. If the coalition was looking for him, they'd likely start at the last ditch. It was no secret that he hung out there on a nightly basis, so Meade knew that he was likely taking a huge risk even coming here. Unfortunately, he didn't have much choice at the moment. He needed allies, and M was the best one he could think of. The street leading up to the last ditch was deserted. He watched the place for a few moments, searching for the trap that he was sure was about to be sprung on him. He opened his armbar and scanned the general vicinity. Nothing pinged, which meant that no one was nearby. Strange, there should be at least some customers in the bar. He'd been waiting for several minutes watching the street for activity when a kid, no more than 10 or 11, passed by him. He hissed at the street urchin, trying to catch his attention. Kid! Hey, hey, kid! The child's eyes narrowed when he spotted Meade hiding behind the barrels on the side of the street. The kid kept his distance and held up his left forearm, supporting it with his right hand. He tried not to laugh at the boy struggling with the comically oversized armbar. Stay back, mister. I know how to use this. I'm not looking to hurt you, pal. I I need your help. The kid snorted. The weapon attachment on the armbar sparked menacingly. I heard that one before. Smart kid, Meade thought. I left my hollow attachment in the bar across the street. I just need someone to grab it for me. The kid cocked his head, but kept the armbar aimed at him. Go get it yourself. I would, but the bartender in there right now, well, you know... She ain't exactly a friend of mine. Me didn't feel too bad about lying to a 10-year-old. Still, it wasn't exactly his best moment. I just need the attachment for work I'm doing later tonight. Meade opened up his armbar display and took out a virtual 20-credit coin. It's worth 20 creds to me if you can get it. The kid lowered his armbar and smiled slightly. 50. Meade couldn't help but chuckle. It cost him every credit he had left to his name, but... If he got the all-clear from the kid, it would be worth every penny. Besides, Emmeline could float him if he needed. That is, until he found Sarah and found out just what the hell she had gotten him involved in. You drive a hard bargain, kid. Meade tossed the credits to the boy's armbar. Just go in the bar there and ask for uh, Emmeline, alright? Tell her her favorite customer left his holo emitter and needs it back. The kid examined his newfound wealth, momentarily forgetting Meade even existed. He snapped his fingers, trying to regain the kid's attention. We got a deal? The kid nodded and took off running for the front door of the last ditch. He threw it open and disappeared inside. Meade watched the entrance for a few moments and then ducked back behind the boxes as the door burst open and the boy was escorted out by his ear. 
he silently swore to himself. The man who had kicked the kid out of Emmeline's bar was the same gargantuan security guard who had been guarding Laszlo's game back at the Lucky Lady Casino. He hadn't counted on Laszlo coming for Emmeline so quickly. He waved at the kid who approached, rubbing his elbow. He had fallen hard on the ground where Lumpy, as Meade had nicknamed the security guard, had thrown him. Mister, I don't know what your game is, but you owe me a lot more than just 50 credits. The boy struggled to hold back tears as he held up his arm, showing him the missing armbar. There are a bunch of people in there, and they just stole my armbar. Tell me what you saw, and I'll get you your property back. I guarantee it. The kid looked at him suspiciously. I, I don't know. There are four or five men in there, all, all talking to that bartender girl. She okay? Meade asked quickly, the worry evident in his voice. Looked like it, the kid replied, shrugging. But they weren't happy when I came in and interrupted them. What were they talking about? I don't know, kid shrugged. All they kept asking was, where's the info dump? Where is it? You know, that, that kind of stuff. Meade swore, and this time it wasn't silently. He looked down at the kid in front of him, and his face reddened. I ignore that. Then what happened? He interrupted him, started to ask her about that uh, hole emitter of yours, and that's when the old guy with the white hair told his goon to throw me out. The kid rubbed his shoulder and looked expectantly at me, tears welling up in his eyes. That's when that, that's when that asshole took my armbar and dragged me out of there. He made fun of me for having it, said I was too young. Might be at that, but ain't for them to say, Meade said. Keep an eye out for the boys in blue, will ya? There's another 50 in it, and if you warn me with the coalition beating the dust off this street. The kid shook his head. Get my armbar back, kick that fat asshole's ass, and we're square, mister. Fair enough, Meade replied, and he put his hat on. He moved across the street and checked his pistol. He pulled the slide back and made sure he still had a full clip and a round in the chamber. He eased his way up to the door jam and pulled the door open a few inches. He opened his armbar's display and withdrew a small earbud from the computer. He engaged the long-range audio sensor, and the conversation in the bar became much clearer after he adjusted a few settings. Emmeline's voice trickled through his earbud. You know what that mastered is? Like I told you, far as I'm concerned, that piece of shit can rot. Meade chuckled. Emmeline was always saucy when she felt threatened. He heard her continue talking over his earpiece. That dude owes me more money on his bar tab than the combined debt of every mole on Mars. So if you find him, I got a few things to collect out of his hive myself. Ah. <laughs> Meade recognized Laszlo's rumbling voice coming through the comm. So, you aren't a fan of Mr. Means, are you? Me and just about any other mole you ask in New Plymouth. Emmeline's voice dripped with contempt. He wondered how much of her animosity for him she was actually drawing upon for this little performance. He's a scumbag, self-involved, narcissistic redback who couldn't care less where his next cred comes from. Ouch. Laszlo chuckled. I'm afraid my impression of the man was not as, uh, colorful as your own. Emmeline snorted. <laughs> Get to know him a little better. In fact, Laszlo continued, ignoring the interruption. He appeared to be a man who was quite resourceful and quick on his feet, especially from what I saw of his zero-G fight the other night. It was fun watching him get slapped silly by Chow. Emmeline admitted. Meade had a feeling that was probably the most truthful thing she'd told Laszlo so far. I have to confess, Ms. Hunan. You are not what I expected. Laszlo said, drawing his words out. The impression I had of your relationship with Mr. Meade was that 
You two are far closer than you claim. A chill ran up Mead's back as he listened for Emmeline's response. There was none. He was probably fixing it with one of her infamous death stares. Whenever M brought that out, Mead knew he was in trouble. If you don't mind, I'd like to tell you a different type of story, Laszlo said. I got nothing but time, Emmeline snapped. You chased off all the paying customers. My associate who loaned you the money for Mr. Mead was quite clear that you and he were close, Laszlo said dangerously. In fact, he tells me that it was only on your vouch for Mr. Mead that he loaned that amount of money to him for his little, uh, bet. So? Emmeline challenged. Mead guaranteed me that money would help pay out the rather sizable debt he owed me. But Mead had no credit to his name. That's why my associate asked for the paper on your bar before he would front the money. Mead's eyes widened. He had no idea that Emmeline had done that for him. He had been guaranteed the money would be trading on his name, his credit, not Emmeline's. Instead, you used it to place a bet for him, Laszlo continued. So I don't believe that is the behavior of a good businesswoman. Loan money while already being in considerable debt to you? Seems to me you would no more risk your livelihood for the man as you would jump off Olympus Mons. The man seemed confident enough in his payday, Emmeline said, but her voice wasn't as strong as before. I figured I'd either get paid or have the satisfaction of watching him get beaten down like the deadweight he is. Either way, I get my money's worth. Laszlo chuckled. Mead heard the sound of scraping table and chairs and a yelp from Emmeline. He stood, preparing to barge in when he heard another crash and the muffled sound of a grunt. Set your man on me again, and you'll eat your next meal through a tube, Emmeline said. And whatever you think you're about to do, I recommend you take another second to think it through. Mead understood. Because he had sent the kid in asking for the hollow emitter, Emmeline was smart enough to know that Mead was just outside, probably listening in right now. This was her way of telling him to back off. He knew Emmeline could take care of herself just fine. So he let things play out for a bit. If it went south, he'd be able to get inside in no time. Spicy, Laszlo challenged. And I do not doubt you are serious. But I'm afraid I cannot take any chances where you and Mr. Mead are concerned. I told you. And I told you, Ms. Hunan, Laszlo said, his voice firm. I already know your association with Mr. Mead runs far deeper than you would have me believe. In fact... I know your relationship with him better than you know yourself. I know you and he grew up together in the deep on E-Block. I know you and he have basically been inseparable since you have both been teenagers. Do not underestimate me, Ms. Hunan. Those who do find it to be to their peril. Laszlo turned to Lumpy. Bring her. We shall lure me with the promise of returning her. Stay back. Emmeline screamed. Mead had heard enough. He threw the door of the last ditch open and walked in, his boots echoing through the room. Meade saw that five men were standing in a semicircle around Emmeline, who they had pushed up against the Redwood Bar. Lumpy had his hands on her shotgun and was going for her throat. Enough, Meade said, his voice booming through the room. What do you want, Laszlo? Laszlo turned slowly on his heel and a smile spread across his face, exposing a set of sharp teeth. Mr. Meade... You've managed to make yourself quite the troublemaker around here. You should see me on a bad day, Meade said, his eyes narrow. 
He waved his pistol towards Lumpy. You best put her down unless you want a third hole to breathe out of. Lumpy glanced at his boss, who waved his hand towards him. The huge guard set Emmeline down gently. She looked tiny next to him. Now, Meade drawled, back away. None of the men in the room moved. They were all staring at him. I know I ain't that hard to understand, Meade said. Put your weapons down on the ground and back away slowly. Or else, you aren't exactly in a position to negotiate. Oh, I wouldn't be so sure about that, Meade said with a confident tone. His confidence quickly melted away, however, the second he heard the whine of a plasma rifle spinning up behind him. Place your weapon on the ground, Mr. Meade. The voice came from the bearer of the plasma rifle, and Meade slowly turned his head. It was William Hugh, the ambassador's chief of security. Hugh, I never figured you for someone to throw their lot in with a guy like Laszlo, Meade said slowly. He released the grip of his pistol and let it fall upside down and away from him. Lumpy lumbered over to it to collect it. Meade glared at the massive bodyguard. I'll be taking that back, just so as you know. Lumpy grunted and stuck the pistol into his waistband. Meade raised his hands over his head and folded them neatly on top of his hat. So, uh, what now, Laszlo? Meade asked. You'll have to kill me to get anything. Laszlo's face fell. He snapped. Unlock it now, or Hugh will do it for you, and I guarantee you, you won't like how he does it. Meade quickly punched one of the icons on his armbar, and the unit began to whine loudly. The five men surrounding him shouted in surprise and quickly began to back away. They knew what that sound meant. Meade had put his armbar into a power feedback loop, and if he didn't stop it, the energy unleashed would be enough to kill them all, packed as they were into a small space. I think we got ourselves an old-fashioned standoff, boys, Meade said, a smirk returning to his face. Laszlo sighed. I am getting so tired of this! He grabbed Emmeline and placed his plasma pistol next to her head. I am going to count to ten. If you do not deactivate your armbar and return the information you stole, your pretty little bartender's brains will be the fresh coat of paint this bar so desperately needs. Emmeline struggled against the powerful warlord's grip, but she looked up in defiance and mouthed to Meade. Don't you do it. Meade was stuck. He couldn't let Laszlo get that info dump back before he knew what was on it. But, Emmeline. You hear that, Em? Meade said, his left eyebrow arched. He's calling your bar dirty. I feel like the atmosphere keeps undesirables like him out. Good to know it's working. She replied with a nod. She closed her eyes, and Meade grit his teeth while his body tensed, ready to make the next move. Suddenly, the door to the last ditch flew open, and the kid Bede had enlisted to spy for him burst into the saloon, shouting for him. They're coming! The coalition is coming! The kid didn't even finish his sentence before he realized what was going on. The second he saw everyone pointing guns at each other, his eyes became wide as saucers, and he darted back out the door as quickly as he had come in, stumbling over the threshold. Fortunately, that was all the distraction Meade needed. He grabbed the butt of his grandfather's pistol, yanking it out of Lumpy's waistband and swung it in an arm, connecting solidly with Hugh's temple. The coalition officer went down without a sound. At the same time, Emmeline grabbed Laszlo's arm and yanked, using the leverage to launch her body upward. She kicked her heels and hit Lumpy square in the jaw. She never stopped moving as the leverage created by her move twisted Laszlo's forearm and he cried out in pain. 
Mead darted forward and finished what she'd started by landing a solid punch to the mammoth security guard's jaw. Lumpy cried out in rage and moved to intercept Mead. The other three goons Laszlo had brought along aimed their pistols at Mead and fired, the plasma rounds barely missing him as they flew white-hot over his head. Emmeline grabbed a bar stool and swung it at Mead's attackers, knocking the pistols out of their hands. She followed that up with a sliding kick to the first man's knee and then fell to her knees, sliding forward, slamming a precise palm strike into the last goon's crotch. The wind went out of the man and he leaned forward in pain. She jumped to her feet and landed a huge uppercut to his jaw. The man flew back into a group of tables, landing on him, smashing one of them to the floor. She whirled around to face Mead, barely breathing heavily. You owe me a new table, Mead, she hissed. Laszlo, holding his face, chuckled as Mead aimed his pistol back at the warlord's head. I find that the odds have evened up considerably, don't you? Mead asked. You fools, Laszlo said, checking his fingers for blood. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Then why don't you enlighten us? Mead challenged. I don't know who you're working for, Laszlo said in a dark tone, but Cassandra is mine, and nothing will stop me from claiming her. Mead was confused. Who the hell is Cassandra? Laszlo was struck dumb for a moment and then began to laugh, smiling broadly. <laughs> so, so you really don't know? He began to laugh again, nearly in hysterics, until he started shouting like a madman. You're out of your league, runabout! I give you one chance to surrender now and prepare for your stay in Zelly. Sirens began wailing outside and Laszlo grinned, his voice becoming cold. Those odds you were speaking of? They just changed again. Emmeline looked at Mead in a panic. I think it's time we got the hell out of Dodge, don't you? Out the back, Mead said firmly, and she nodded. He covered Laszlo while they backed out of the room. As they retreated, he was struck by the look Laszlo had given him as they moved out the door. The warlord wasn't looking at him in fear or rage, but instead, it was the same kind of look that a cat had when it found something new to play with. It was unsettling, to say the least. Mead and Emmeline made their way back into the storeroom. He slammed the door shut and grabbed the nearby crowbar, wedging it underneath the doorframe to keep anyone from bursting in before they made their escape. At the same time, Emmeline was rolling large kegs out of the way from the back of the room. He finished locking down the door and turned to help her. Push a few of these against the door, Emmeline ordered. He hurried to comply and moved more of the stacked kegs of beer to barricade the door. They heard the Coalition MPs begin pounding on the door to the storeroom. Emmeline moved more kegs and furniture in front of the door and grabbed what looked like a miniature fire extinguisher. It contained Duraplast, which was normally used to fill tiny holes or cracks from meteor strikes on spacecraft. Emmeline began to spray it into the cracks in the door to seal it shut and hopefully slow down the Coalition MPs for at least a few minutes. She finished sealing the metal door and ditched the Duraplast container once it was empty. There, that ought to hold him for a few minutes. The pounding on the door continued and she pointed towards a large bookcase, typing commands on her armbar. Pull that out from against the wall. Mead moved to the back of the room and did as he was instructed. He pulled on the bookcase, expecting it to be heavy and difficult to move. Instead, it swung open easily on a pair of hinges and he fell to the ground, head over ass. Emmeline paused at the doorframe, her body outlined by the dim light of the tunnel behind her and grimaced. You coming, or are you gonna nap all day? Uh, 
Well, pardon me for not being the graceful one, Meade said, exasperated. He got up and grabbed his hat, jammed it back on his head, and followed Emmeline out the door. He pulled the bookcase closed behind him and heard it click shut. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.